Join the Consumer Technology Association and gain access to exclusive artificial intelligence resources and insights. Our AI member resources are designed to give you the knowledge and tools necessary to make informed decisions that drive your business forward. No matter your size or specialty, we have something for everyone. Visit cta.tech AI to learn more. This is CES Tech Talk. I'm James Kotecki. Welcome to Season 7. CES 2024 is January 9th through 12th in Las Vegas, and it's time to build the hype. So let's get smart about the world's most influential tech event. And a special welcome to those who are watching the video version of the show. That's new for Season 7. You can see our smiling faces. For our season premiere, we are diving into what else? AI, artificial intelligence, a topic so pervasive, I'm pretty sure it's going to come up in almost every conversation I have this season. So if you're the kind of person who goes to CES, you may have already been thinking about AI for years, but now it seems like everybody's talking about AI, especially new tools for creating art and text that feels human. So if this sci-fi concept is here now in our present, what does it mean for our future? To find out, let's follow the money and talk to two people who are shaping how investors engage with AI. Sarah Maley is an index research strategist for NASDAQ Investment Intelligence, and Brian Komiskey directs the Consumer Technology Association's thematic index partnership with NASDAQ. The Consumer Technology Association is, of course, the producer of CES. Brian, Sarah, welcome to you both. Thank you so Thanks much for James. having us. So Sarah, let's start with you. I want to explain and have an understanding of why both of you are here today. So why does NASDAQ have a partnership with the Consumer Technology Association? NASDAQ and CTA have partnered for over 13 years now in creating thematic tech indexes. So providing um, a way to track the, these thematic tech um areas. NASDAQ really brings the index construction expertise, while CTA you know, brings that technology um, and research ex um, expertise. Um, really partnering together you know, lets us bring the best of both worlds. Um, we do have two AI-related indexes I just wanted to call out. Uh, we do have the NASDAQ CTA Artificial Intelligence Index, um, designed to track performance of companies engaged in AI. Um, and then we have the NASDAQ CTA Artificial Intelligence and Robotics Index, uh, which is designed to track the performance of companies engaged in AI and robotics segment. So mm -hmm. those are tracked by, um, by products um, internationally and in the U.S. Um, in the U.S., the, we have the First Trust NASDAQ Artificial Intelligence and Robotics ETF, symbol ROBT, uh, like robot. So um, there is a way, you know, we, we've, we've created ways for investors to have access um, to these very niche um, thematic tech areas. So if I want to invest in, I don't know, robots or something, this is a way for me to do that with CTA's expertise and, and NASDAQ's in investment uh, abilities. Yeah. So we actually do have two AI-related indexes that I did want to mention. Um, think of them as baskets of securities that are related to AI and, and AI and robotics. Um, so it's a way for us to track this space, but also provide people and investors with a way to invest in these different themes. So the two indexes that we have available, the NASDAQ CTA Artificial Intelligence Index, um, that is tracked by the Wisdom Tree Artificial Intelligence Usage ETF. And so that's designed to track performance of companies engaged in AI, um, including technology, industrial, medical, and other economic sectors. 
And then we also have the NASDAQ CTA Artificial Intelligence and Robotics Index designed to track the performance of companies engaged in AI with a focus there of in that robotics segment of technology, industrial, medical, and other economic sectors. So this particular index is tracked by the First Trust NASDAQ Artificial Intelligence and Robotics ETF, symbol ROBT, like robot, in the United States, hey. um, the Cathay NASDAQ CTA Artificial Intelligence and Ro Robotics ETF in Taiwan, and the Ping An NASDAQ AI and Robotics ETF in Hong Kong. A lot of options. I want to dive more into <laughs> a lot. There's a lot of options. Um, and it's so exciting to be able to dive into this. Uh, so Brian, before we go forward with more about what's in these indices, I want to understand why it makes sense from CTA's perspective, the Consumer Technology Association's perspective, to have this partnership with NASDAQ. Yeah, of course. And I think the most important word here is partnership. What Sarah was describing uh, before, where NASDAQ's coming in with that index construction and that financial expertise uh, on their side, CTA is coming in with an expertise around innovation and themes. And I think it's very important where CES is you know, the meeting place for so many different technology and trends and companies to gather and show what's in the future. This is just another avenue and venue to showcase where innovation is going to the audience, in this case, being investors. And so really, when we look at our perspective as a nonprofit, we're coming in with a different lens and focus than a lot of the other traditional financial firms that say, these are the companies that are really pushing forward cybersecurity or cloud computing. And of course, the companies that are pushing forward artificial intelligence and robotics. So I think it's just... I think the part, the strength really lies in that partnership and these two perspectives coming together. So a question to both of you, would love to just go one level deeper on understanding what's inside these baskets, what's inside these indices. Yeah, of course, I'm, I'm happy to jump in first and going through the perspective of the NASDAQ CTA Artificial Intelligence Index or NQintel. It's really designed to capture the whole artificial intelligence ecosystem. So we actually categorize companies for both in this index, as well as the other that Sarah will describe around who are enablers, who are engagers and enhancers. And what does that mean? Who, which companies enable the artificial intelligence space? So think like chip makers, um, as well as other hardware and component manufacturers. Engagers are the companies that are, their core business is artificial intelligence enhancement. So companies even like Workday would qualify in there where it's our HR analytics software. And then finally, you have the enhancers, which are companies that are driving innovation forward in artificial intelligence, but it's really more of a value-added service in some cases where their core business, for example, like Tesla, for example, might do EVs, but they're doing so much on AI in the background that it's pushing forward the space there. So really trying to capture the whole ecosystem from chip all the way down to the, the everyday consumer level engagement with AI. Yeah, and then jumping into the NASDAQ CTA Artificial Intelligence and Robotics Index, this just takes it and focuses really on that artificial and robotics segment of ar the artificial intelligence kind of landscape. And again, we are focusing in on those um, enablers, engagers, and enhancers um, in this particular index as well. But again, with, with that special focus of robotics, looking in at technology, industrial, medical. Um, in this particular index, you'll see names like we have John Deere in there, we have NVIDIA, um, we have Microsoft, um, you know, some names that you would you would know, but then all other names that might not be as familiar to you. But um, these are rules-based indexes, so they are you know, driven by rules. There's no sort of uh, human emotion that is, that is um, you know, layered in here. Um, and so these are considered, um, you know, passive, passive strategies that, again, are tracked by those ETFs. 
Well, I actually kind of have great sympathy for both of you trying to define and put some specific shape to what AI means, what this industry actually looks like at these different levels. I mean, we used to talk about every company is a media company because of the internet. And it seems like as we go forward into the future, every company either is or will soon be an AI company or consider them as such. But let's talk about the present. What do we actually mean when we say words like AI and generative AI? I think we've established that both of you are experts in this area, but I think that we need to establish some definitions before we go forward in the conversation about what AI really means. Yes, certainly. I'm happy to jump in first on this front. And I guess let's go all the way to the top. What do we mean by AI? I think it pretty much is just what it sounds like in a lot of ways, where it's the practice of getting a machine to simulate or mimic human intelligence to a degree, which is a pretty lofty goal when you think about where we are right now. But it's really trying to get how can we have machines parse through so much data that we're producing on a daily basis. So for example, on a given day, we're producing about 2.5 quintillion bytes of data. Um, if you've never heard of a quintillion, that's 2.5 followed by 18 zeros. So that's almost that's pretty much impossible for humans to be able to process this. So how can we get machines um, through algorithms to be able to parse through that data for us? Yeah, and I'll jump in there too. So, you know, artificial intelligence is just um, machines that are able to perceive, synthesize, um, like. Uh, Brian said, kind of parse through through data, and um, as opposed to intelligence from a human, um, it's a very simplified explanation for something that just seems so complex. Yeah, and we've you know, Sarah, you and I were talking uh, in our pre-interview for this conversation. The notion of generative AI, which is taking so many of the headlines these days, and AI writ large. Because I think with, with people who may be just becoming aware of the concept of AI, and those who listen to this podcast may not be among that group, but I think everybody certainly understands that now my family members, my friends, my neighbors, everybody's talking about AI. A lot of people became more aware of it with the dawn of things like chat GPT and the ability to generate text that feels kind of human through generative AI. But as you and I you know, discussed, that is not all that AI means. So kind of, can you help just kind of pick apart the difference between generative AI and AI overall in your, in your reckoning? Yeah. So chat GPT and generative AI, you know, that's one form of, of artificial intelligence. I think chat GPT has been thrown around um, almost as a synonym for artificial intelligence right now, which I think as time goes on, um, you know, once people are more familiar and there's more um, variations and more um, applications of this kind of generative AI um, technology, I think it will become, um, you know, the public will just become more aware and maybe chat GPT won't be used as that word. But I, I really do believe that, um, you know, it, it's that word has taken off because chat GPT has offered something that I think is relatable to every every human, um, you know, you really don't necessarily need, a, a, you know, an education in, in science or data to understand that you can type into something and get a response back. Um, and I think that's why ChatGPT itself has just caught on so fast. But I think, you know, there are other applications of AI, like you mentioned, um, but particularly, I think right now, just this focus on generative AI and, and large, learning, um, large learning models. Brian, do you see that as well with AI being the theme of the moment because of this generative AI almost kind of establishing a beachhead for people, almost in people's minds and consciousnesses of the notion of AI 
writ large. Do you see those themes as you look across the companies uh, that we're looking at for these indices? Yes, certainly. And I think really, really like the chat GPT as Sarah's almost describing it is almost like becoming like the verb, like, oh, I'll just Google the information. Well, and for the AI setters, so like, I'm just going to chat GPT this or in some ways. But of course, there's more, um, there's more examples of that where you have like Bing based search and, and other sort of GPT models. But the novelty of it is that's tangible, right? That consumers can really engage with it on a daily basis. Um, and so when we think about what generative AI, what it is at its core is, it means you're creating novel or new content using artificial intelligence. And that's where the power is, where Sarah was describing, well, you don't need an education necessarily to use ChatGPT. That's its power right there. Because when you think about it, we're so used to seeing the applications on the daily basis of I'm going to go and I'm just going to have chat GPT write a definition of what AI is for me ahead of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely was using chat GPT to generate answers because it makes it more <laughs> succinct, but it can also cr bridge that education gap in engineering with things like low code or no code solutions. Say you're a nonprofit or a startup and you can't afford to bring in that full technical expertise on a full-time basis you can have some of your workers at least engage with a generative AI concept to create some of that code for you. Um, that similar sort of application pool comes into play with things like drug discovery as well, where we can create novel protein creation to speed up drug development discovery. That's why it's the theme of the moment probably is because yeah. generative AI with a novel creation component to it just makes AI feel like there's boundless potential. But doesn't mean yeah. we're not using AI on a daily basis already. Well, that's right. And I want to talk about that more uh, with you, Sarah, for a moment, because we talk about these really compelling use cases for ChatGPT, but then we use words like potential. It's not hard to see how that could come to pass. But a lot of the applications of AI, the most uh, value-added applications of AI are at the moment not necessarily in the generative space. I mean, we mentioned companies like John Deere, um, which is potentially using generative AI, but is obviously using AI in other ways as well. So, Sarah, can you maybe just speak for our audience just about some of the other ways that AI is being applied on a daily basis um, beyond generative? Sure. So I think that AI, even though we think it's it's this new thing, as Brian mentioned, it's, it's something that we're already living with day to day. I actually had to Google ways that we're using AI already because there are, I think that it's just become ingrained in our everyday lives and maybe you don't yeah. assume that that's, that's um, artificial intelligence, but things like your social media feeds, those algorithms, um, uh, Google Lens, where you can take a picture of something and it will you know automatically search Google for you, which is very helpful. Um, Google Maps, I trust that probably more than I should. If Google Maps tells you to go one way, you definitely, I've learned the hard way that if you don't follow what it tells you, like you're going to be stuck in traffic. You know, things like Netflix, um, facial recognition or facial ID. Um, I traveled internationally recently and um, my trip from from Japan to Taiwan, my, uh, my ticket was my face and that kind of threw me off over there. You know, I didn't have any sort of boarding pass. My boarding pass was my face. Um, you know, Spotify, uh, for those who like music, um, and even fall detection, I, I, I was looking at too on an Apple Watch. That's all. This is all AI driven. But I really do think that the facial recognition is probably something that you know any iPhone user um, probably uses on a day to day basis, or that has significantly mm -hmm. changed your life. You know, in terms of not <laughs> really needing to type in passwords. Um, Brian, what other ways am I am I missing here? 
Well, I, I like that you brought up uh, Netflix that comes to mind because if you look at it right now, 75 to 80% of the recommendations you're getting from your stream, from Netflix alone is coming from an AI algorithm that has only improved as years go. Spotify follows a similar route. And that and how does it get better? It's because you keep using it every day. The machine learning algorithm gets smarter and smarter. But if you want to go even more topical, um, we see it every day with de-aging technology in Hollywood yeah. and cinema. So like Indiana Jones 5 is releasing the new one. From my understanding, it debuted at cons. The first 20 minutes or so is just a de-aged Harrison Ford, which is impossible unless you have an AI algorithm that can make Harrison Ford look like at 81 years old, make it look like he did in 1984. Um, so it's incredible with that. Um, what's already doing and Disney Plus has been doing it for years with all their Star Wars properties. So you see it every day. and You just think, oh, this is a marvel of technology, but you don't understand that that marvel is created by artificial intelligence. Yeah. And Brian, maybe bringing it back to kind of something we alluded to earlier in this conversation, it is interesting to me, the number of use cases for AI, the wide scope of possibilities for this technology, from your perspective, do we risk some kind of a definitional change or shift or just kind of AI just kind of having this completely loose meaning of like almost all technology? Because it's not hard to see how this AI technology can become embedded in everything. People have called it the new electricity. People have called it the new fire. But with that may come kind of different shifts in perception of, of what AI is and means. So, you know, this is potentially a vague question, but are you seeing any of those perception shifts among CTA members, among companies that are in the indices that we're talking about here, just as far as how they think about what AI is or means. Yeah, well, I think the first thing I always think about with technology and definitions, uh, and I think we've talked about this with the, the internet, the best definition is a retroactive definition. Are you looking mm -hmm. back in the past and see how it's defined? But with AI, we actually like to use, um, between NASDAQ and ourselves, we like to use the phrase digital utility. Um, really alongside wow. cybersecurity and cloud computing, these are technologies that, like water and electricity to operate a business, are becoming requirements if you want to operate any sort of enterprise because you need mm. that AI's ability to simulate human productivity to parse through that data. Um, the other sort of way to think about it is it's a horizontal technology more than anything, mm -hmm. where many technology areas are very clear verticals where you can go up the supply chain yeah. from like an EV, you go from the battery the materials to the battery, to the engine, to the endpoint car. AI is a bit different where when you look at the CES show floor, we saw that with John Deere and applications like the sea and spray technology that can get down to like the inch of herbicide application. But yeah. it's also in like the citizen smartwatch that was there or NVIDIA's whole enterprise suite of omniverse applications using AI. It's I just use brought up examples of digital health, essentially, and wearables, agri-food tech, and enterprise AI, all in the yeah. same scope. You can't just put it into <laughs> one bucket. And, and that's interesting. You talk about those, that those almost this trifecta of cloud computing, cybersecurity, and AI. And I was just trying to quickly make an analogy. So it's, you know, you've got an office that's cloud computing. You need the, you need this stuff to be happening somewhere. You've got a locks on the doors that's cybersecurity. And then you've got the people inside the office who are actually doing the work. That's the productivity. That's the AI. Does that analogy kind of track with you? I really yeah. wish we had this for our <laughs> panel because uh, we, we did a panel on this at, at CSES, uh, NASDAQ and CTA. And man, if I had that in the opening, I think that would have landed. Well, <laughs> well that's a freebie for you. Um, Thank you. Sarah, um, how do you think investors are changing their perspective on 
AI. Uh, how are they seeing this? I don't know if we're, I don't know if we're able or kind of want in this conversation to talk about specific um, investment trends. And by the time people listen to this podcast, obviously that's always changing. But just writ, writ large, how are investors kind of thinking about and approaching this sector or these sectors? Yeah, so I think that, um, as Brian mentioned, definitely digital utility. And I'm almost going to speak from almost like a public perception um, point of view as well, not necessarily from an investor perspective. But I think that the more that time goes on, the more headlines that we're seeing about um, uh, use cases for AI, um, I really think that it's becoming um, more of something that that we're really going to embrace versus that we're scared of and that, you know, there's this big mm. kind of like fear campaign for. Um, I was listening to another podcast earlier today. And I mean, the the applications of AI, I mean, just run the gamut. So I was listening to one actually about um, the Ella Stroller, which won the CES Innovation Award this year. So, you know, AI stroller that protects, um, you know, can do a self, self-driving, but also is aware of things around it. Apparently pushing strollers up and down hills are really hard. I've never done it, but uh, that's just a complaint that a lot of parents had and it's dangerous. Um, and then I also was listening to another podcast um, on using AI to identify um, rip currents and saving lives in Australia. And they were saying that one of the biggest challenges with that particular technology is the the social uh, the social aspect of it because you know this is a great life saving technology but do people really want drones over their heads taking pictures do they really want you know these cameras to be there um, you know maybe they they just it's a lot of privacy concerns but also this huge utility so I think really. Um, for me personally, it's becoming, I'm seeing it more as, you know, augmenting, yeah. um, you know, acting as a tool rather than this big, scary thing that's going to replace yeah. humans. Um, and I really do think that it, it like it, it runs, it, it's going to touch everything. You know, like, like you said, there's no internet companies yeah. anymore. Everything's kind of an internet company. Um, I think AI has an application for every single company out there. And Sarah, I'm glad you brought up the, the fear aspect. It's something that you just simply have to address if you're going to have a conversation like this. You know, this is a Consumer Technology Association podcast. Obviously, we're going to have a more positive take on AI, and there are so many amazing applications. And if you go to CES, we were at CES 2023, you see a lot of that optimism in person, incarnate on the show floor. And it's hard not to be optimistic when you see all those and hear about all those incredible use cases. But Brian, obviously, this is something people are thinking about. We're talking about, you know, people talk about regulation. People talk about societal change, um, and you know, from from a member perspective, from a CTA perspective, is that something that you uh, think about or or need to address very much? Do we feel like these concerns kind of will ultimately be washed away by the amount of incredible benefits that AI brings? Is this kind of like any new technology kind of has some some naysayers and some people who are fearful, or is AI, as some people think, something fundamentally different for good or bad that we need to think about in a different way? Well, I think with any sort of innovation or technological change, it's always about, or there's always a sense of responsibility when you're thinking about all the endpoint applications of whether it be AI, cloud, cybersecurity, even digital health, right? Um, so from CTA side, we've had always been in the, the business of creating standards um, with our robust technology and standards department, creating the standards that will be the backbone to a lot of the development and innovation uh, in the particular space. And that's member driven. That's our members coming together and trying to create the technological standards and solutions that will help guide the developing principles, 
But also this speaks to policy where we really want to see an industry-led uh, solution to make sure that we're developing this responsibly. I do think when you, you bring up things like fear and uh, even actually like when you think about AI, the word whenever it comes up with the wrong answer is hallucination. These are very human words being applied yeah. to what is ostensibly a machine at the end of the day. So when we think about like an, a computer can never be held accountable, which is something IBM was saying in the 1970s, similar to AI, where it comes down to how do we develop things? How do we develop AI more responsibly? And that's something that industry will work together to consider. Um, and you think about like what are the what are some ways to do that? I think some of it is improving upon you know who's working on developing right now. Only 27% of uh, AI teams are women, and 25% are ethnic or racial minorities. So that's one area where you can immediately improve, right, is to get more balance and more view of who's developing the technology. But I think as you know, a membership-driven organization, it's getting consensus around, well, what are our principles, what are our responsibilities, but also what leads to innovation so that we continue to ensure that those amazing applications you see at CES fulfills that potential because every technology has a promise and it's our goal to meet that promise. Earlier, I was um, reading about uh, just the printing press and how that, you know, books were banned and that everyone thought that this was going to, or specific people thought that, you know, no one could learn um, as well from, you know, from a, a book that's been printed um, and look we can't really imagine our lives now without you know a, a book and how it really didn't change being able to communicate, um, but it really did change. It changed the world. So I think looking at AI as something like you said, electricity, something just like uh, bigger than than I think what we are mostly um, used to comprehending. Yeah. Um, and I think that that fear and that kind of knee jerk reaction from the public is natural. I think it's change, and I think. Um, you know, I think just again using it responsibly and coming together to um, you know to just use it and, and apply it responsibly. It, it may be apocryphal, but I once heard uh, the story of one of these ancient Greek philosophers like decrying the fact that kids these days are are reading and writing and they're not memorizing you know the great classics like we used to growing up, and they're, so they're going to you know become basically idiots and uh, the society is over. So yeah, certainly we've been having these conversations for a long time, and that's what it, that's that's what it means to be human, right? Yeah, to have uh, to have technologies and to have machines that are are advancing and changing, but to always be having these conversations that kind of touch on everything from the practical to the philosophical. But let's bring it back as we end the conversation here to CES 2024. We've been talking about all the great things that we've seen uh, at recent CES, uh, but I wanna talk about what you think we might see at CES 2024 in terms of how AI might show up and might even surprise us. So this is a little bit of a crystal ball situation. We're recording this conversation six months or pl six months plus uh, before CES 2024 takes place, but we're already starting to get excited for it. So uh, Brian, we'll start with you. Uh, what's what's a prediction that you have for AI at CES 2024? Well, I certainly think it's going to be the most prevalent. Uh, uh, technology theme on the floor. And by that, I mean, I think every company, and there's an incentive to do it, to, will showcase some sort of connection to how artificial intelligence is improving their field. Yeah. But what in terms of the innovations we're going to see, I think we've seen digital health innovate and advance so much over the years. Like I always like to example, I go right to my wrist and like, see, yes, the start was just smartwatches on a ways and showcasing 
the advancement in digital health there to this past year, we had a seizure detecting pair of glasses, right? That's an AI algorithm underneath it. So how is AI going to help better predict medical conditions and emergencies? That's probably an area where it'll improve. I think we're going to see more around AI and how it's going to improve agri-food tech, whether that's not just the element of supporting labor in that field and working as cobots in a lot of ways, but also things like how do you use an AI algorithm to maintain food freshness? That was something that was starting to bubble up at CS 2023. And I think we'll see more of that. And then just really underpinning it, just a lot of the solutions around robotics and enterprise, we'll see showcase just a lot more of that simulation. So yeah. I'm just, I'm excited because I also know <laughs> I'm going to be surprised. So what I said here might yeah. be right. It's, it's crystal ball, right? Um, it's speaking yeah. in generalities that probably will come true. But I think digital health is the one I'm very excited for because I, you can just see a clear like through line of where data is being improved and how AI is improving it. Sarah, what do you think? CES 2024, what's your prediction? I can't wait to go. Um, you know, I, in, for, in terms of predictions, um, I'm just looking forward to seeing how people are just going to be able to be innovative with this technology and the applications of it. Like I mentioned the podcast earlier, detecting rip currents, you know, saving lives that way that was, you know, the deaths, drowning deaths in Australia spiked. And so somebody came out with this as a solution. Um, the Ella baby stroller, you know, that, that, kind of was something that I hadn't thought of. And I think there's just going to be more, both consumer applications and enterprise applications of AI that I think are going to become um, easier to understand and hopefully, um, you know, easier to implement in our everyday lives. So I'm really excited to see kind of that, the efficiency, creative, creativity, um, and just that opportunity that that all creates just innovation. Can't wait. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't wait either. And it occurs to me as I asked you that question, it's like, what's going to have AI at CES 2024? It's almost like I asked you, like, do you think any of these booths are going to like have electricity at CES 2024? Like, is, are yeah. people going to be plugging things into the wall and having electricity? It's almost to that point. And we're so excited to see all the different ways that people are going to be using it. Sarah Maley of NASDAQ, Brian Komsky of the Consumer Technology Association. Thank you so much for being our inaugural guests on season seven of CES Tech Talk. We really appreciated it. Oh, thank you so yeah, much, James. That was great. That was fun. Well, thank you both so much. And thank you for watching and or listening. That is our show for now. But there is always more tech to talk about. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a moment. You can get even more CES and prepare for Vegas at ces.tech. That's ces.tech. Our show is produced by Nicole Vidovich and Mason Manuel, recorded by Andrew Lynn and edited by Third Spoon. I'm James Kotecki, Talking Tech on CES Tech Talk. Hey there, podcast listener and or viewer. Are you curious about how or if artificial intelligence is changing our lives for the better? Want to be involved? The Consumer Technology Association's AI Working Group is dedicated to fostering the positive of AI technologies and doing so through comprehensive market research, networking, and influential advocacy for policies that promote innovation. With the rapid evolution of AI, it's critical that we ensure our workforces and government are poised to take advantage of the many benefits AI can bring. 
So stay informed by joining the CTA AI Working Group today. Visit cta.tech slash AI to learn more.